the manhunt has intensified for two convicted Authorities killers. flooding this area just three miles southeast of the Clinton Correctional Facility. They're dangerous. They're dangerous wherever they are in the country. They could be literally anywhere. A suspected accomplice in the New York prison break is now under arrest. Joyce Mitchell. Joyce, did you help me escape? Yeah, you've read that I'm the monster that's involved in all this. An impossible escape from an impenetrable fortress. I never thought in a million years that any inmate would be able to get out of there. There's only three ways out. Either you grow old and die in there, you commit suicide, or you escape. You're not getting out of there without at least help from somebody. But who helped these two killers break free? Recruiting Joyce Mitchell was a very, very calculated move. David Sweat is a cold, calculating sociopath who only cares about himself. Richard Matt was a master manipulator. He would grab her and kiss her. And at first she was startled and scared by that, but she didn't say no. What a mess. And one person was in the middle of all of it. we start these ones i don't know do you do a countdown on the i try not no to. i don't think we do we don't there's welcome, no countdown welcome carlo carlo isn't normally here on patreon but i'm here she's here this time because we're trying to bust him out greetings <laughs> and salutations we're back we are back from our last episode that happened 30 seconds ago Boy, it's been a while since we recorded yeah what i meant from the regular thingy i don't know help help Yep, so uh, we're glad Carlos here to record the Patreon, because usually we I'm have to not. do it. Uh, well, okay, Daniel, guy, jeez. You just told her to poop her pants, so. <laughs> that was in defense of your mother. Okay. I'll tell her you defended her. I will. Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should just listen. To, I think it's not an episode four. It's an old one, but it's us describing our mother's encounter with poop problems at Disney World. And it's... It's a classic. It happens to all of us. She just happened to be at Disney World. Yeah, that's what, and it was inconvenient. Well, it wasn't just the fact that she pooped her pants. That's true. It was all the events after she pooped her pants. Yep. Like our hotel room flooding (laughs) with poop water. And then having to tear the carpet up. And then walking up, and our toddler, the first words out of her mouth, she comes up screaming, Nina pooped her pants. And then she told everyone she encountered for the next year. I pooped my pants at Disney World. Don't you know? Don't Don't you know? know. Her poor mother. So we are. You say that, but you'll be pooping your pants all the same when you're her age. Yeah, like when I had trying to get her to go to sleep, but I had to poop and it was like 1030. And if she has you there trying to get her to go to sleep, it's like an open invitation to have a kegger. Because she's like, I don't have to go to sleep if dad's back here. Yes. Party. And I pull out. I go and get the beer and stuff. And we crack a couple open, you know. <laughs> yeah. that's what we've, it... been, we've been working on her keg stands here as of late. <laughs> so I come back there. It's like 11 now. And she hasn't gone to bed because she won't go to bed for you. Party. I can't, party. I can't help that. Yeah, you could. But then I walk in there. What happened to mommy? She has diarrhea. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
Oh, she'll announce that to people too. Yeah. You gotta be careful what you tell them. Mommy has IBS. <laughs> she, you know. Okay, what are we talking about? It's a condition. <laughs> and there's actually shitting we're talking in the about. Story. We're talking about blue waffle disease. Mm-hmm. Blue waffle disease. You never heard of blue waffle disease? Google it. Go no. To Google no. And Google it. I no. urge you not to Google it. Cargill. <laughs> All right. I got a little chamfrin chamfrin here. And we're going to roll into it. Got it? Mm-hmm. On June 6th, 2015. What was I doing in June 2015? Being pregnant. Very pregnant. Yes. Yes. Uh, two prisoners, David Sweat, 34, and Richard Matt, who has two first names. Never trust people like that. Dick Matt. <laughs> Dick <laughs> Matt. Yeah, I should have named it Dick all the way through this. I think I wrote Richard. But Richard. Mm-hmm. So David Sweat, 34, and Richard Matt, 48, were found to be unaccounted for during the 5.30 a.m. morning count at the Maximum Security Clinton Correctional Facility in Danmora, New York. Danamora, New York. Hmm. Yeah. Having been last seen at 10.30 p.m.'s count the night before, it was reported that an external breach was found on a street approximately 500 feet outside of the prison wall. The inmates had tunneled out of the facility. They had been housed in the honor block, a privileged housing unit that allowed them access to cooking stations, televisions, wall-mounted phones, showers, and card tables in the cell house at specific intervals during the day. Wow. I feel like they have to give showers and telephones to all of them. According to the news report, the escapees used tools from contractors to cut their escape way during the night and return them to their toolbox afterwards. In their place, they found clothes stuffed under sheets so it would appear the inmates were present and sleeping. Oh, yeah, they've, they've watched shows. They know how it's done. <laughs> a note was left behind on the pipe the two escapees had cut to escape, reading, Have a nice day, with a smiley <laughs> face. That's pretty funny. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. The escape was elaborate and has been compared to the escape made in the novella and film by Stephen King, the... Shiny. Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) Richard was serving 25 years to life and David was serving life without parole, both for murder. The acting commissioner of the the New York State Department of Corrections... (laughs) I'm okay. State Department of Corrections... The men had been using hacksaws to cut through steel walls in the backs of their cells to create holes that led to the building's interior. After they succeeded, they went onto a catwalk, which is about six stories high. We estimate they climbed down and had power tools and were able to get out of this facility through tunnels, cutting away at several spots. David Sweat was serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole for murdering Boone County Sheriff's Deputy Kevin J. Tarcia. Tarsia. T-A-R-S-I-A. That's what we're going to do now. If we can't if we can't enunciate it, we'll just spell it for you and you can stop at what you're doing and look it up real quick. Yep. <laughs> Deputy Kevin J. Tarsia in 2002 had just come upon some men in a park around 3.30 a.m. where they were unloading firearms they had looted from one vehicle and loading them into Sweat's car. He's probably pissed because his last name was Sweat. I know. The three men tried to hide, but as the sheriff Sweat shown, and dick rug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. What's the guy's good. last name? Matt. 
Dick Matt. Dick Matt. <laughs> Dick Rod. <laughs> That's better, though. Yeah, you're pretty close. <laughs> that was good. The three men tried to hide, but as the sheriff shone his flashlight around the scene, he found them. Sweat was holding a loaded gun in one hand and an unloaded gun in the other. He claims that the police officer reached for his firearm. As he did, Sweat drew his weapon first and shot at him 22 times. That is so unnecessary. That is excessive. Like, that's... You're like, like, you know what happens if you kill a police officer. It's not good. It's life without parole automatically. If not the death penalty in some states, Mm -hmm. like here. So it's like, I'm going to shoot you 22 times just to make sure I kill you. One bullet penetrated his body armor and he went down, but he was still struggling and reaching for his gun as he remained alive. Sweat then ran over Sheriff Tarsia several times with his car, (gasps) which his defense attorney claims he did out of panic. What? I know. I never panic and run over people. No. Panic. But Well, that's like the the Boston bomber. Yeah. Where he was... You know, they said his brother ran him over, but they actually think the police actually might have run him over. Either way, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not that, that for that guy. Yeah. Tarsia suf- suffered several broken bones, but was still alive. Finally, an accomplice picked up the sheriff's firearm and shot him twice in the face at point blank range, oh, killing him. So I'm sure this Dick's accomplice, accomplices got the same thing. Uh, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. In Indiana, he would have got the fucking death penalty. Granted, it would have taken, so. taken him 15 years to get right. it, but he still would have been on death row. Whew, man. Yeah, like that's really bad. I mean, it's not just, you know, I think there is a guy in Indiana that was like, I was fleeing from the police and let off, shot off a couple rounds behind me and it happened to hit a police officer. Still guilty, but it wasn't like- Well, that's um, like going, you know- I was drunk, but I was only driving right down the street. street. And I yeah. didn't happen mm-hmm. to see all those people standing on the sidewalk. That's a good so. comparison. But it's like shooting an officer 22 times, running over him with your car, and then shooting him again is like asking to be put yeah. on death row in a certain, you had a certain ti- You had time to stop and think about what you were doing. Yeah. yeah. Especially before you ran him And over. it was like they could have fled probably. It was 3.30 in the morning. And it's Dude, dark, and it's bro. one to sheriff. Me, they earned the death penalty when they ran him over with his Yeah, car. absolutely. Like, excessive, yeah. But he's in, they're in New York, so that's not going to happen. Well, no. <laughs> absolutely not. That would be cruel and unusual. Yeah. <laughs> it was, he was panicked, guys. You can't blame him for being panicked. It's such a bizarre thing. That's a, the worst argument ever. Richard Matt escaped from an Erie County jail in the mid-80s where he was serving a one-year sentence for assault. He was now serving 25 years to life for dismembering a 72-year-old William L. Rickerson, his businessman boss, in 1997. He believed William had access to a large sum of money and demanded to know its location. They drove him around for 24 hours with him in the trunk to Ohio and back, periodically stopping to beat him. Later, Richard broke William's neck with his bare hands. He then dismembered the body and threw the parts into a river and fled New York State to Mexico. I also think that is punishable by death. Yeah. I think torture. Torture, yeah. Well, it's just, an aggravating factor, but still, they're not, I mean. There's too much happening. Like, honestly, you you did too much. Yeah. It's, it's not, overkill. Do less. And this guy, this guy is just generally a bad guy. I mean, the other guy's a bad, but this, like, okay. 
fled to Mexico, where he stabbed to death an American engineer named Charles Peralt. According to news reports, Richard and Charles were in a bar, and when Charles went to the restroom, Richard stabbed him nine times in the back and abdomen in an attempt to rob him of $300. Oh, my God. And was imprisoned there before he was extradited to New York to serve time for the first murder. And I think he almost escaped from the Mexican prison, too. So he's, like, good at it. This guy... Was this guy a U.S. citizen? I yeah. Guess would be... Yeah, I believe so. So this is how they got He was just together to Mexico to get out of the U.S. after he killed the his yeah. older boss. But this is how the two the two got together. Yeah, they meet in prison. Mm-hmm. So now, but he killed. Yeah, there. I don't know if he ever served time for killing the American that was an engineer in Mexico or what. Richard's talents, it turned out, also included charming women. Ugh. He's not attractive. Ugh. Neither were the woman he was. The women he was was charming. I'm sure that yep, is probably yeah. true. He and David zeroed in on one female staff in particular, Josie Mitchell, then 51, worked as an industrial training supervisor in the Clinton Correctional Facilities Tailoring Department. As investigators dug into her history, it emerged the mom, who was married to another prison employee, had hooked up with David when he was her charge. She then got involved with Richard. (laughs) Sweat's connection with Joyce is also intensifying. It becomes enough of a concern that prison officials remove Sweat from the tailor shop. Joyce and David Sweat no longer have direct contact with each other. When David Sweat was transferred out of the tailor shop, he was not happy about that. He liked it there. He, he liked flirting with Joyce. He liked sewing. Um, where they put him, he wasn't happy. And that was what really got the thought of escape cooking in his mind. After I got fired, that's when all the escape stuff came off. So after that, I was, I was pissed. I just, you know, man, I just want to get out of here. I just want to be free. Yeah, I hear you. Free from everybody. When Sweat leaves the tailor shop, Joyce is upset, and Matt is ready to swoop in. Mr. Matt, he was a very outgoing person. I mean, he, it's hard to explain. He just, he portrayed himself as, you know, I'm going to tell you like it is, and he, he didn't care who you were when Mr. Sweat was removed from the shop. And, of course, when they lose their job, there's no pay coming in. Mr. Matt would ask me to bring stuff in for Mr. Sweat so that he would have food or, or something. I would bring um, cookies, brownies, you know, stuff like that. And it becomes clear to both of them that the potential key to their escape may have just fallen right into their hands. Joyce Mitchell seems willing to bend the rules for them. In Sweat's absence, Richard Matt tells Joyce that she can still have access to David Sweat through him. Because I was talking to Miss Mitchell, and he must have figured that he figured a way that he could get stuff from her, you know, utilizing you know myself and her feelings. For myself. I guess I felt bad because, you know, he had lost his job. Even though he's an inmate, you know, just like you or I, you know, if we lost our jobs, 
We want someone to help us. Matt and Sweat need a key person to help them with the escape. And when they look at Joyce Mitchell, their sixth sense starts to tingle. I mean, she's got Mark written all over her. Richard convinced Joyce to smuggle tools for him and David into the maximum security prison, including some hidden inside meat. I don't know what type of meat. Come on, why did she get involved? I don't know. Another staffer allegedly unaware that this was, there was contraband hidden in the food then passed the meat to Richard, breaking strict prison rules. Like, are they, are they passing out raw meat? You're not supposed to pass another dude your meat. No, <laughs> it's highly offensive. I don't know if it's raw meat or if it was cooked like ground beef or a steak. I don't know. You would have thought being brought into the uh, the prison, uh, it would have been, I don't know, cooking it probably was raw. I know, but it's like, why is it being, oh, I guess in the kitchen. Although maybe not. Okay. Maybe it, it, it's pre-cooked stuff. Who I knows? think they had, they were in the kitchen. They worked in it because they were trustees for good behavior. So someone, she brought in the meat, probably like it's coming into the kitchen. He works in the kitchen. And that's how probably got a hold of it. I'm assuming no one sent ground beef to his cell like they were going to have a grill and cook out inside the hey, cell. Hey, have you seen, ever seen Goodfellas? Oh, yeah, that's true. They were also all friends with the judge. That's true. That's a good show. It's the, a great show. Authorities found that the two had planned to be picked up by Joyce, who later decided not to do so, and then developed chest pains and was hospitalized. Oh, so she had a panic attack when she realized she was really helping two people, two murderers, escape prison. Jeez. A second prison employee, prison guard, Gene Palmer, was also charged with aiding and escape. Gene admitted to investigators that he smuggled tools into the prison and did other favors for Richard Matt in exchange for paintings. So apparently... Richard is an artist. What? I'll have to see. I haven't looked, but I don't Who know if he does celebrity guy? renditions. And what is other favors? I'm not sure. I was kind of going that direction <laughs> I'm myself. I'm not sure. Excuse <coughs> <laughs> 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 me, got hair in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. At the prison, just minutes after the final bed check at 11 p.m., after all the rehearsals, it's showtime. Richard Matt and David Sweat leave dummies in their beds made from the clothes stuffed with laundry and sneak through the sawed-out holes in their cells. They've got less than seven hours before the next morning bed check. Matt leaves two notes in his cell. You left me no choice but to grow old and die here. I had to do something. And time to go, kid, written on his painting, of the fictional mob boss, Tony Sobrano. The two convicts make their way through the maze of dimly lit catwalks and tunnels. I went through the pipe first. I knew I was probably gonna have to pull them. So I knew he wouldn't be able to pull himself through. So I threw the sheet down to him. I just pulled him through. About halfway through, his head fell off, got stuck on her stomach. He got all scared. Matt and Sweat continue on the escape route and leave a taunting note with a racist drawing on the steam pipe. I have a nice day. They put me through and all the trouble and all the other crap. This is kind of my way to tell the administration you pricks. Sweat climbs out of the manhole and looks for Joyce. So listen, if you're not there, they're, they're going to be coming to kill us. They're not going to play around with us. He's just 130 yards from the prison and moments away from freedom. But Joyce is nowhere in sight. In the end, I think she was just paralyzed with fear. 
But she didn't exactly break good instead of breaking bad. She broke neutral. She just didn't show up. Authorities searched the farms and fields around the town of Willsboro, New York, after receiving a tip that Richard and David may have been spotted there on June 9th. Authorities spent the next two days retracing their steps near Danmora after searching Willsboro and also expanding the search to the border with Vermont. Authorities in Canada, including the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, RCMP, eh? (laughs) So, funny story real quick. The, um... I saw someone at the IndyCar race this weekend. It's a Paul Tracy. He's a Canadian. He's a former Canadian race car driver. Yeah. Or Canadian. Well, I guess that's right. He's still Canadian. <laughs> um, he was he was wearing a hat that said Canada always been great. A. Eh? <laughs> it was the red. The red. That's it cute. Was supposed to be the red make yeah. America great again. That's habit. cute. It's, it's, it's always cute. been great. Yeah. Canada always been great. A. Eh? I like that. Okay, and departments along the border with the U.S. in Mexico were also alerted. The FBI, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, the ATF, state and local police, and the New York State Forest Rangers were all involved in the search. Did they get the Power Rangers? Maybe. (laughs) Which was being led by the local police in the United States Marshal Service working with prison officials. So it was a big fucking deal. It sounds like it. A $50,000 bounty was set for each inmate and was subsequently increased to $75,000 when the U.S. Marshals added twenty-five grand each. There were no reports of break-ins, robberies, or homicides, but there were two reported sightings. In all the cases, police had not had any run-ins with the actual escapees before they presumably left the area. So they're like right behind them, but get to the areas after they've left. A stretch of nearby New York State Route 374 was closed until further notice on June 11th. School classes were canceled. Yeah. Yeah. But crazy like, guy on the yeah. loose. Yeah. They're breaking into a school. Kill a bunch of kids. Yeah. The crazy guy's on the loose. That's the best. You know, they made them make those days up. Sure. Built in yeah. snow days. They're like, no, no, no. There's no excuse. Prison there's escapees. No excuse. School is school. Yep. Oh, year, the year-round school now upsets me. Like, as my inner child. They get so many me. breaks, though. I know. But, like, this idea that summer is already over. And I'd be like, man, my inner child. Yeah, but then they get a break in February and like they get to go to Disney World. No one's there. Really? Does that work like that? I thought all schools now, like a lot of places do year round. I don't I don't know of any really. I find it offensive to my sensibilities. Later that day, the number of officers present in the area near the prison was increased to more than five hundred from the initial estimate of between three hundred and four hundred. That afternoon and evening, after bloodhounds picked up a scent and authorities discovered a footprint and a wrapper, police began methodically searching a wooded area near the nearby town of Caddyville, New York. I like it when they find footprints and yeah. shit. It's like real good detective work. And they got the bloodhounds out. Those are the best. Old Red. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody get past Red. red. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Why don't you run? Old Red's itching. To have a little fun. Wow, that was good. Yeah. Oh, get my lantern. Get, get my, my gun. gun. Come on, somebody. Why don't no. you run? No. I'll be free. But you, you'll you be back before the morning comes come, or something like yeah. that. Red will have you back before the morning comes. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. That's a good song. Who sings that? Uh, Jake Owen. There you go. Areas of more populous nearby city of Plattsburgh and parts of Lake Champlain had also been searched and billboards asking for help were put up in New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Vermont, Pennsylvania, and along the Canadian-U.S. border. Hey. 
On June 12th, the seventh day of the search, there were still no confirmed sightings of the escapees. Later that day, Joyce Mitchell was arrested and charged with aiding the escaped. Ease. On yeah, June, she made a mistake. Yeah, that's bad. On June 13th, the search included helicopters, all-terrain vehicles, and search dogs. However, bad weather conditions, including rain, hampered their search efforts. The book I'm listening to, No Stone Unturned, they talk about like the pros and cons of weather conditions when they have their bloodhounds out. Like what rain does or air that's too dry or ground that's too wet. And they talk about that, which is interesting. I like the dogs. Uh, On June 20th, the search continued in western New York based on a sighting in the town of Friendship, New York. Aw. They were together. They were friends. Best friends. For Matt and Sweat, who have traveled on foot on their way to the Canadian border, life on the lamb is also taking a toll. The blister for massive. I put a small hole in them using a pair of tweezers and you just have to bear through whatever pain comes with it. And the bromance between Matt and Sweat is beginning to sour. The complementary nature of their skills falls apart. In the middle of the woods, it just doesn't make any difference how good you are at manipulating people or how good you are at finding your way out of a prison. Their differences become glaring. Matt is older, he's heavier, Sweat is young, healthy, wiry, very strong, and they start arguing. I kept bringing shit like, oh, I'd rather die out here free. And this, I said, why do you keep talking about dying and violent shit? Yeah. I said, dude, you, you shouldn't be doing anything other than what we have to to survive. Right. You know? Just disappear and do yeah, it. Yeah. That's all I wanted. That's what he wanted too in the beginning, but then he just started talking stupid. Was he, he getting sick, do you think? or? Yeah. I drink every time you find shit. Yeah. What are you doing, dude? On June 22nd, the search shifted back to an area near the prison after a cabin near Owl's Head in Franklin County was discovered to have been broken into. DNA from the inmates was found in the cabin, and investigators concluded that they had been there within the previous 24 hours. They also deduced that Richard had fallen ill due to consuming spoiled food or dirty water based on soiled undergarments discovered at one of the cabins the duo had broken into. So he shit himself. <laughs> and he got the runs. Wow, yeah. how fitting. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, so, oh, it couldn't happen to a nicer fellow. In the days after the escape, some prisoners reported having been beaten by guards in an attempt to obtain information as to the whereabouts and plans of the escaped inmates. So, I mean, shit rolls downhill. Quite literally. Even running shit still kind of trickles downhill, (laughs) I guess. Richard was spotted in Franklin County, New York on June 26th after he shot at the driver of a passing recreational vehicle with a 20-gauge shotgun taken from the hunting cabin. Damn. Man, what did the recreate... I have a recreational vehicle that needs shot two houses over. Oh, yeah. A white trash RV. Ooh. Ooh. In the assuming confrontation, he was shot and killed by U.S. Border Patrol agents in the wilderness of Elephant's Head, south of Malone, New York. Now, there's a lot of head. Where are all these fucking places at? They're fucking upstate. Owl's Head, Elephant's Head. 50 miles west of Clinton Correctional Facility. That's where they were. David's location was unknown at the time of Richard's death. Richard! Sorry. On June 28th, I had not had a baby yet, but wanted to very badly, I think. I was in Amsterdam. I think on high. the 28th they sent me home, maybe. If, no. Then we went back the 29th. No. Okay, it was the 29th. Correct. Mm, okay. Maybe I was in Paris at that time. Yeah. Oh, wee wee. Wee wee. 
New York State Trooper Sergeant Jay Cook passed David as he walked along the road. As he circled back to question the individual, David began running across a hayfield towards a tree line. Cook, a firearms instructor, gave chase, and when it became evident that David might escape, fired two rounds from his 45 caliber Glock 37 pistol, hitting him at a range of 73 yards. Man, that's pretty far, isn't it? 73 yards? About a With football. A yeah. Yeah. He was an instructor, though, so near Constable, New York. Well, that makes sense. Roughly 16 miles north of where Richard had been killed and just 1.5 miles from the Canadian-U.S. border. So he was so close to just running into the Mounties because they were aware. Yeah. He was transported to the Alice Hyde Medical Center in Malone. He was later transferred to Albany Medical Center, where he was in critical condition. His condition was later upgraded to fair by July 1st. David was moved on July 5th to a special housing unit in the Maximum Security Five Points Correctional Facility in Romulus, New York. Wasn't there a Romulus the other day on another? A license plate said Romulus. And I was yes. like, Harry Potter? Mean? And I was like, that's all I could think of, which it is. On June 15th, 2015, Governor Andrew Cuomo directed Inspector General Catherine Lee Scott to conduct a thorough investigation to determine all factors potentially involved in the escape of inmates Richard Matt and David Sweat from Clinton Correctional Facility. So they have to do an investigation like, oops, something went wrong. At the governor's instruction, the inspector general was to secure the service of a respected outside expert in corrections and law enforcement on issues such as prison design, operations, and security with a view toward identifying how these inmates were able to escape and recommend any potential reforms and best practices to prevent future incidents. So I think that's like self-policing, like you have to review yourself and do a five-star review. Five-star review, (laughs) please, right now. On the morning of June 16th, Joyce confessed to her involvement with the prisoners. The Associated Press reported she had confirmed providing Richard and David with hacksaws, blades, chisels, and other tools. According to the Clinton County District Attorney, Andrew Wiley, who oversaw the prosecution of Joyce Mitchell, she had agreed to be the getaway driver, but backed out because she still loved her husband and felt guilty for participating. But under oath, Joyce would tell the Inspector General's office that she did, in fact, engage in sexual encounters with Richard Matt on more than one occasion. I was very shocked to learn that she allegedly had sexual relations with an inmate. I was I was disgusted. I was wrong. I was going through a time where I didn't feel like my husband loved me anymore. And I guess it was just me. I was going through depression. And I guess they saw my weakness. I knew I, I should have just stopped, but I guess the attention, like I said, just made me feel better about myself. But I should have, I should have stopped it right then and there. This attraction that somebody can have for a violent criminal, we call it hybristophilia. Hybristophilia is a sexual or physical attraction to someone who has committed heinous and violent crimes like murder, kidnapping, robbery. It's a very real thing. Criminologist Dr. Casey Jordan has interviewed dozens of women who have been in abusive and corrosive relationships with men, including women like Joyce. We can't definitively say that Joyce Mitchell suffers from hybristophilia, but looking at her relationship with these two inmates, based on what we know in the literature about these women who are attracted to bad boys, she has a lot of the same red flags. 
The report also noted that the manholes used by the two inmates manhole. Had, had since been welded, welded a shut. A manhole has actually been deemed offensive, and it will now be known as a maintenance or utility hole. Oh, you're right. A gender neutral hole. It's, I understand. Yeah, it's not, it's not any better to call it a woman hole. No, that makes it worse. <laughs> a person hole. Eh, it's still bad. No, yeah. Uh, Mrs. Mitchell was plan A and there was no plan B, which is why authorities have now been considering their search to be a perimeter around the maximum security prison. According to the Associated Press, Joyce waived a preliminary hearing, allowing the case to immediately proceed into county court. On June 17th, it was revealed that Joyce, who had been suspended without pay from the $57,000 a year position she held, had discussed having her husband, Lyle, killed in a potential murder-for-hire deal with Richard and David. Uh, Oh, no. According to Joyce Mitchell's confession, Richard referred to her husband, Lyle, as the glitch and planned to kill him after they escaped. He reportedly gave Joyce two pills to give to her husband to to incapacitate him in order to facilitate their planned murder of Lyle. So, like, you're letting him out and to kill your husband. Yeah, geez louise. Reportedly, she later decided not to go through with Richard's plan and threw away the two pills out of sentiment for her husband. Oh, that's nice of you. Authorities did not believe her husband knew or participated in the breakout. No, because he was going to get killed. Yeah, what? Yeah, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, Joyce, was, who was supposed to eventually disappear with David while Richard went his own way, got cold feet the night of the escape and didn't pick the men up, men up in her Jeep at the appointed time and location. Uh, This is her speaking. I know I had agreed to help them escape and run away with him, but I panicked and couldn't follow through with the rest of the plan. I didn't want anything to happen to Lyle, and I couldn't imagine being without him. I believe I helped inmate Matt and inmate Sweat escape because I was caught up in the fantasy. I enjoyed the attention, the feeling both of them gave me, and the thought of a different life. Everyone is bored in their own lives. Wah, wah. Yeah. I'm not bored. (laughs) I'm not bored. Well, I just have to thanks, Danielle. I'm just no, no, I'm no, just no, saying no, no, everyone. No, no, what no, I think she means to say. I don't, I don't provide her enough enough excitement. You know, there's I just, just think m- that the routine can sometimes yeah. be boring. You everyone goes to their job and works, and but you can't say I want this fantasy lifestyle by freeing creepy prisoners. That's true. Like pick something else, anything else. I think she also blamed it on her depression. That she didn't have anyone to talk to about it. I was like, literally, it's 2015. You can talk about your mental illness. You can. She's like, I couldn't. Yeah. She said she couldn't talk to her family or her husband or anyone that she was depressed. And I was like, you can. Get a therapist. Yeah, you can get on. It's 2015. There's like websites and phone numbers you can call. You know, anything like that. So the solution to your depression is not to free inmates. <laughs> I've never heard well, that. That's what I initially as a coping to do. skill. No, my coping mechanism was freeing inmates from prison. Yep, made me feel much better about myself. We are back now at seven forty-two with more of our exclusive and emotional interview with Joyce Mitchell, the woman at the center of this summer's prison break in upstate New York. We want to warn you that this part of our conversation does get a bit graphic. Richard Matt was a talented artist, and it wasn't long before his artwork became a kind of currency. Behind those prison walls, we now know that correction officer Gene Palmer accepted and transported the paintings outside the prison. And the trading that went into that transaction led to trouble. It was how Mitchell was able to get the tools hidden in hamburger meat delivered to the inmates. 
So you walked right in the prison. Nobody yes. checked your bag. Nobody checked. In it, you had hacksaw blades. Yes. You're in deep trouble at this point. Yes, I am. You didn't go to anyone. Who could I? Who could I tell? He bragged about how he had done paintings for several officers. Who they are, I don't know. But who could I trust? I've never been in prison, but I will tell you, if I were you, I think I would have said, I'm going to go home, I'm going to get my husband, I'm going to get him in a car, and we're going to go to the police, and I'm going to tell the police, with my husband next to me, so I know nobody can harm him, exactly what's going on here. I should have done that, but I was too scared, because Mr. Matt even asked where my mother lived, where my son lived. Speculation has run rampant, Joyce, that while Mr. Matt told you he loved you, that by this point you loved him as well. No. It was, it started out as a flirtation thing, but that's all it ever was. There was never any love between myself and Mr. Matt. At some point, in addition to bringing food and now starting to bring the tools they would eventually use to break out of prison, there was sexual contact between you and Richard Matt. There was never any actual sexual intercourse. Mr. Matt had grabbed me a couple times and kissed me. And then there was one point where he had... I'm sorry. He wanted me to... He wanted me to perform oral sex on him. And I said no. And when I said no, he grabbed my head and pushed me down. So just to be clear, at no point in this relationship was there any, in your opinion, consensual sexual contact between the two of you? There was never any consensual. And then there was David Sweat. There were questions raised as far back as 2013 about whether Joyce Mitchell and Sweat had an inappropriate relationship. So there was no sexual contact between you and no. David Sweat in 2013? There was never any sexual contact between us whatsoever. If you can, to the best of your ability, Mrs. Mitchell, tell me the complete list of things that you gave them. I gave them the star bit for full-size hacks blades and... I give them chisel and punch. That's all that I give them. That's a lot. It is. So you'd go in during the day, and you'd see at least Mr. Matt in the tailor shop. Yes. And he would say to you, hey, we've breached the wall of our cell. We got out of the wall. We're back in the crawl. So he would let you know this? Yes. He actually um, had told me at one point in one spot that they had found a toolbox and Mr. Sweat picked the lock, and they found power tools in it. And what was your reaction when you were hearing these stories? Wasn't it also astonishing to you that they were actually getting out of their cells at night, and they yes. were going behind the walls yes. of the prison? They were waiting till after, I think it's the 11 o'clock bed check, and then they would go. You know, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the position of someone watching this at home, and they're all saying, you know what they're saying. 
She's hearing these stories every day. She's given them some of the tools they're using. And she's the monster. And she did nothing to stop it. I knew I was in way over my head. So I had to keep going with whatever they were saying. Eye-opening interview with Lyle Mitchell, who with his lawyer sat down with the Today Show's Matt Lauer to open up for the first time about his heartbreak over the allegations against his wife and his shock over learning of a plot to kill him. The instant you and your wife heard that Richard Matt and David Sweat had escaped from Clinton, what was her reaction and what was your reaction? I just couldn't believe it. Her reaction, when, I, when she said it, they really escaped. And that, that's why I left at that. And so at that point, Lyle, you had no reason to ask your wife, do you know anything about no. this escape? No, no. And then the next morning, she said, the state police call. I said, for what? They want to know something about a package. It's a package. I said, what are you talking about? She said, we'll go back. I need to talk to the troopers. And the uh, investigator came out and said, Mr. Mitchell, your wife has more involved than what she's letting on. What? And that's when he said that she was, uh, she bought uh, apparently two hacksaw blades, a uh, Phillips bat, and a chisel. Oh, my God. That night, I ain't no way home. She said that this, I got over my head, and I was scared. She said, I got something else to tell you. I said, what's that? She said, uh, their plan was they, they want to kill you. I said, what? They wanted her to come pick them up. But she said she would never go through with it. That's what she told me. That she really loved me, and she, she was in too deep. One of the other headlines, Lyle, that came out was that your wife, Joyce, had had a sexual relationship with one or both of these inmates. Absolutely not. She right. swore in her son's life and her son, it definitely never have I ever had sex. When you stop and think about it now, Lyle, isn't it very likely that had you been in the back of that car and had she shown up in that getaway car, that both of you would be dead right now? Absolutely, 100%. She would just uh, get away. They were going to kill her, they were, and all they wanted was that vehicle. So let me just ask you bluntly, did you have anything to do with the escape Absolutely of these two convicts? nothing. My main concern is catching these people. Your wife is facing several charges. Yes. She could end up in jail or prison herself for quite a while. Yes. Would you stick with her through that? Or might you testify against your wife? Right now, I do not know. There's so many thoughts running through my head. Do I still love her? Yes. Am I mad? Yes. Uh, how could she do this? Uh, how could she do it to our kids? He and Richard practiced their escape once in the prison and were nearly found on two separate occasions during the manhunt. During the first instance, he and Richard were hiding in a cabin when three people arrived to check on it, debated whether they should stay or leave, and then left. On the second instance, David was hiding in a hunting tree stand that was passed by police officers. He also claimed he and Richard separated on June 23rd after Richard became unfocused and was slowing him down. <laughs> so that means he got the shits and couldn't keep up any longer. I got go. Yeah. It's hard to focus on anything else when you have the shits. I'm kind of in that boat right now. Do you have to go poop? I'm holding it in. Okay. I'm it's good done. for me. <laughs> the sphincter, Keep fighting. The sphincter muscle practice is good for you. Yeah. If you have to sneeze, run to the bathroom. I couldn't agree more. An autopsy of Richard Matt was released on August 6th, which verified his cause of death as skull fractures and brain trauma from being shot. It also revealed he had a blood alcohol level of 0.18. So he's a little buzzed. 
David Sweat pleaded guilty to two felony counts of first-degree escape and an additional count of promoting prison contraband. He was sentenced to three and a half to seven years to be served consecutively with his previous life sentence. So after they die, they bring you back to life and serve three to seven more years. He was further ordered to pay $79,841 in restitution. I think this whole operation cost the, like, the state, what, $23 million or oh, something. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Oops. Joyce Mitchell, defended by Clinton County Public Defender, pleaded guilty to promoting prison contraband and criminal facilitation. She was sentenced to two to seven years in prison, fined $6,000. Jean Palmer pleaded guilty to promoting prison contraband, a felony, and was sentenced to six months in jail and fined $5,000. He served four months of the sentence, being released two months early for good behavior. The Inspector General's report was released in June 2016 and found that long-standing systematic failures in management and oversight by DOCCS enabled two convicted murderers to meticulously orchestrate their escape from a maximum security facility almost in plain sight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The report noted the failures of 20 individual correctional employees, both civilian and uniformed, other than Gene and Joyce. No criminal charges were brought against any prison employee. One was demoted. Two were suspended pending arbitration. Nine returned to work after lesser penalties were applied, and the remainder retired or resigned before being punished. The report was highly critical of a lack of cooperation and misleading and lying testimony by prison employees. The end. The end. The end. I think there's a show, and I don't know if it's on Showtime or what it's called. I have to look it up. That's based off this. I don't remember this happening because I was busy with the baby. I was busy too. I was in the country. So, yeah, I hadn't really heard about it until I looked it up now. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Shit, that didn't happen often, I feel like. No, because we talked about, you know, Sarah Jo Pender that escaped from Rockville by Sfluzian with a guard. Is she the one that, like, got a job? Yeah. And, like, that's so I think in Chicago, up. she, like, dyed her hair, changed her name, got a job. Because it really isn't her. Like, you know, it was her boyfriend that killed those two yeah. people. And she just happened to... I, her boyfriend was terrifying looking. I would have done anything he told me to do, too. And that she helped load him up and then dump him in a garbage dump. Apparently, or, I'm not terrifying looking That enough. dude is scary. I can't that's remember his name. That's a good thing. His name might have been Richard, too. But <laughs> he can... I don't know if he died in prison or it was suicide or what, but she escaped from Rockville and was gone for like three months or something. Yeah, she was she like... She got a fucking job. Because she's a normal person that shouldn't be in prison. And because she was sentenced, you know, the female Charles Manson and that prosecutor has since been trying to get her out because he's like, I made a mistake. She really isn't Charles Manson I did a bad thing. And I don't know if they'll ever get her out because then she... I don't know how many years she got for escaping. And then she was know. kept in solitary confinement at the Indiana Women's Prison for like five years. She's probably just like, I'm better than all you bitches. I'm getting out of here. And she was always in a red uniform because she was high alert oh, okay. person instead of the khaki everyone else is in she, she was she was wearing khakis mm-hmm. <laughs> she loser khakis yeah but that one she got uh, a guard to like you know roll a vehicle in he brought her a change of clothes he and did she, a lot yeah she just laid on the floorboard and he covered her up and I really just drove just her out i think like the like the lesson for today is do less yep do less pretend like you did more yeah, yeah, because I think that guy's wife was really disappointed when she found out he was fooling around with her and then helped her escape. You think? Yeah. I'm proud of you, baby. Yeah, but then this guy, that woman's husband was just like, 
probably going about their regular little lives, do, 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 thinking everything's fine, and then finds out your wife was having some type of emotional or physical relationship with one or two inmates Dude, and then help them escape. That is too much. And it's do not less. just like inmates or I'm in here on drug charges or, you know. So. We're going to be together when we get out. Yeah, like, but these, the one guy's real bad. I mean, they really. Is there, is there ever a case of somebody busting someone out of prison and they actually end up together? I'm going to go with him. Or any of those, once you help me do this real legal thing, we'll be together forever. We'll flee. Look, that, you just help me kill my husband. Mm-hmm. We'll flee the country. Yeah, that doesn't, it don't work. So, yeah. Thanks for trying. So at least she pulled her conscience out of her ass and was like, I'm not going to kill my husband. Yeah, she did a bashing. Yeah. But the other guy, I want to know what this artwork worked like, looked like that he was trading for. I got to find it. It was erotic. Yes. <laughs> mm. Erotic. Yes. Erotic art. In pen by Dick Matt. <laughs> Dick Rug. Dick Rub. Dick Rug. <laughs> that could be his, his pseudonym. Yeah. So Dick Rug. Art by Dick Rug. <laughs> He was collecting all the artwork from Dick Rugg to put in a an art show, mm-hmm. a prison art show, and then people would bid on it, and he would make money. That's how it was. That's how it was. Yeah. No. Well, now I'm, the guy know. that has all the Dick Dick's artwork, it might be worth something. It could be. You never know. Well, Charles Manson artwork was worth stuff, but that's Charles Manson. That's a little different. That's uh, yeah. I'll have some audio clips in here and they'll flush this out. And Carla, sorry to come to an abrupt end. Hang yeah. on, Carla, we got one more thing. thing. Carla, no, Carla, I'm not done. We're, I'm not done. We're ending. <laughs> well, she held it for quite a while. We're just talking about that guy that got the runs while on the run, and you know, she couldn't help but you know. Hold All it. right. So we appreciate all our Patreon members. It really does help us to do this because it costs money. And, you know, this makes it so we can break even enough to do this. And we really enjoy it. Danielle at least really enjoys it and forces it upon our family members and makes them say they really enjoy it. (laughs) And welcome to the new Patreon people. I hope it is worth your money. I do. But I make no promises. Right? That's right. And hopefully you can hear Boris through this whole thing whining. Whining. And for honest to goodness, stay out of the corn. And don't trust the fart. Don't trust your farts. Take some Imodium, damn.